This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Are you thinking of setting up a Facebook group for your pet business? Maybe you've already got a group and it's a little bit quiet and you want to get it going. Or maybe you've got a group and you're putting loads and loads of time and effort into it, but you're feeling like you're not getting anything back. You might have a group where you feel like it's a bit of a spammy nightmare and you aren't sure whether you want to carry on with it. Well, if that's the case, any of those scenarios, then you are going to love this episode because it's with Samantha Hill, who is a Facebook group expert, and she's also a community manager for some of the biggest marketers in the world. So she knows how to keep a Facebook group in line and also how to get the most from it. In this episode, you're going to learn how to set up your Facebook group, how to put rules in place to make sure you get the right people in there. And when you've got the right people in there, how to keep them entertained and also the difference between what you should be doing in a free Facebook group and what you should be doing in a paid Facebook group as well and how you can progress people from your free group into working with you as paying customers. So you are going to learn loads from this episode Sam is an absolute star. I think you'll love listening to her. And if you want to find out more, I will link to all of her links in the show notes as well. Now on to the main part of the show. And I hope you enjoy listening to Sam as much as I enjoyed chatting to her about Facebook groups. So really excited to have Sam Hill on the show. So Sam is a Facebook group expert and we're going to be talking all things Facebook groups today. So hi, Sam, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Fabulous. Okay, so can we start with um, just talking a little bit about your background, who you are and what you do and how you came to be a Facebook group expert? Yeah, so uh, I'm Sam, as Rachel said. Um, So I actually ran um, a knitting business for 11 years um, and where where I had my own community built from that. um, I had a really successful Facebook group joint to that business. Um, And when I sold it a year and a half ago, uh, I missed the community part. So I decided to sort of take that online. Um, So I was offered an opportunity with Janet Murray to be her community manager. And then it's kind of just grown from there, really. Um, And now I do that full time. Fantastic. So I know I already know you from from when you still had the wool shop um, yeah. and when you kind of first first started out working on Facebook groups. But can you tell people listening about some of the some of the clients that you work with and the different types of businesses that you support as a um, as a community manager and Facebook group expert? Yeah, so I have like a real variety actually of clients. So I've worked on um, live events, uh, on virtual events online with uh, Andrew and Pete from Atomicon. Um, I I have a psychologist. Um, I've done some work with a baker, um, a baby group. Yeah, it's pretty um, varied, I'd say. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, um, so it's really good to have a just really interesting to have such a variety of different businesses because it also shows that Facebook groups can work for a real range of different people can't it so I think it'd be really helpful to know first of all what is the difference between a Facebook group and a Facebook page when it comes to reaching people in our businesses Okay, so I always describe this um, as a shop because that's my background from retail. Um, So I always look at it as your Facebook page is your shop window. 
So if you were walking past a shop window, it all looks beautiful. And that's what your Facebook page should look like because clients that might not know you will land there and see that. And then the Facebook group is when you step inside the shop, uh, essentially. So that's when you'll get all the, the good stuff and the information and the access to the to the owner, essentially. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was just thinking about what my Facebook page does not look like a lovely shop window. And my Facebook group <laughs> is more like a rowdy. Irish bar but it's the it's the kind of like you say it's about being inside isn't it and and getting a feel of that person and what they're all about and yeah like I did I launched my Facebook group probably just over two years ago now and it's I never did you know I didn't know what to expect I didn't know what to do I didn't know where where to even start but it's turned into a really brilliant um really brilliant thing for me um for growing my business so I'm a massive Facebook group fan um and yeah just thinking about it as just thinking about it like that and taking a step back is really really interesting um so with Facebook groups you've talked about like lots of different businesses that you work with who would you say um Facebook groups are good for what kind of business owners would you recommend have a Facebook group Um, I think everybody can have a Facebook group product Mm -hmm. businesses or service um I, I, I think it works for everyone, but it's whether you need one and mm-hmm. whether you've got time for one is yeah. is more of the question, I think, because every business needs a community, I believe. Um, but it's some businesses, if they're thriving already, shouldn't just open a group because everybody is opening one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, when before I was um, before we came on the call and like earlier on this week, I put a question out in both of my Facebook groups. So I've got a paid yeah. one, as you know, and I've got a free one. Yes. And I was asking people what they want, you know, what they wanted to ask you as a Facebook group expert. It was really interesting because some of the product businesses were saying, um, you know, I think we're being told we should have a Facebook group and we're not sure you know, it's enough. We're trying to run the page. We're trying to have the page as a shop window. So as a product, let's say you're making really beautiful pet accessories like Nadia from Moo Moo and Bear, one of the ladies who, who I'm talking about. She was yeah. saying, really, I want the I want the world to be able to see my products. I want anyone going past, going past the shop window to see the products rather than be hidden away in the group and people chatting about them. So having a page is better for her. Um, so it's really interesting, actually, the, the kind of difference between different service providers so as you know yeah, I, um, sorry, sorry <laughs> for her I would say that she's probably right yeah. um, to just stick with the page for now if that's enough mm-hmm. I think when it helps to have it with a product business is if you're then doing kind of services on the side as well so when I had my product business I had like a virtual group that offered workshops so I sold my workshops through that group um, and that worked really well for me. And then on the back of that, I sold yarn as well. Um, but yeah, for is it Nadia, did you say? Yes. Um, she's probably is better off having a page than a group if she doesn't feel like she needs one now. So mm-hmm. yeah, but I think the I think the clear thing for that is not to jump in and have a group just because everybody's telling you to have one. Yeah. We were talking about everyone telling you to do things earlier at work before yes. we started recording. Yeah. And it's so easy to get caught up with, oh, you must have this and you must have that. Yeah. And actually like take a breather and think, 
can I really do this? Because a Facebook group is a lot of work, isn't it, as we both know. Um, so I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the different people who listen to the podcast. So we've got a mix of pet service providers who are walkers, groomers, trainers, behaviorists, we've got vets. Um, we have like massage therapists for pets, all kinds of really wow. interesting people. I know. And then we've got the um, we've got the product makers who, again, some of them do have communities Um one of the ladies is Karen from Luxury Dog Hampers. She's got a really good group that she started going, so that, that works for her. Um, but I was when I was kind of preparing, doing my research and stuff, um, I was talking to one of the clients, Natasha. She works with um Belgian Shepherds, so it's a specific breed of dog. And she was like, she was asking questions about, you know, how a Facebook group might work for her and how to get the best from it. Um, so I know we talked about this briefly before the call, but I think for a niche, like a specific breed. A Facebook group can be amazing, can't it? So can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that and how it would work? Yeah, I think um, the niche the group is, the better it is, I think, actually, because they're mm-hmm. all talking about the same thing and they'll all be passionate about the same thing and excited about what's what's going on. So it's almost easier to get engagement in a group like that than if you had a group that was for all breeds of dogs, because I imagine that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to cover too much then in one group. Um, so yeah I'd really recommend her to have a group I think it would work really well definitely and I think also like Natasha is obviously there as the expert because that's she's a behaviorist and a trainer and that's yeah. her, her her area of expertise so it's fantastic because they can get that kind of support but I guess the all the dog owners would you know that that would kind of run itself really when it came to discussions and that kind of thing because they'd all yeah, be supporting cause... each other it could be great yeah, they would all have the same kind of experiences because the dogs yeah. are all the same. So they would be able to help each other out. And that's what makes a real community is when like the host isn't just talking at them all the time. There's actual conversations going on. Mm-hmm. And if it's a niche group, it makes it easier to do that. Yeah. So there's another lady, um, Suzanne Gould, and she is she specializes in rescue dogs. So, again, I think the same would work for her, wouldn't it? So it would be, OK, I've got a rescue dog. My rescue dog, um, you know, won't sleep at night or my rescue dog this. They've got that common ground, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, because I imagine with rescue dogs, they've got their own set of kind of issues or problems or challenges. Yeah that um a, a puppy might not have mm-hmm. so yeah having that niche they can keep that in there and there'll be so much you can talk about um in that group yeah, yeah. I'm excited to hear about these groups I want to go and I join know them. I know it's great isn't it so I think one of the things I do in my group because it could because there's like there's 1400 people in there and I'm a free group and I want to I, I do need to keep a track of what's going on so I, I feel a bit like I do feel a bit a bit like a miserable school school mistress sometimes but I do I don't let everybody post whatever they want but I think with something like a Belgian shepherd or a rescue dog group you wouldn't have to be quite as strict would you with policing what goes in there you could no I don't think potentially no I don't think you would actually because there wouldn't be yeah they would stick to that thing I would still say have rules yeah having rules in any group is important but yeah it would be much easier for a niche because with with a group like yours it's very open um in terms of like you've got all sorts of businesses in there haven't you so having those rules in there is needed definitely um okay so we've talked about 
how groups can work and um, how serving a specific community can be really brilliant for groups. Um, what I wanted to ask you then was about how to, let's say if you're starting from scratch and you're thinking, right, I'm going to do a group for a particular kind of cat or, or whatever your idea is, how do you go about ensuring that you get the right people in there? And are there any kind of entry um, entry requirements, like in the old-fashioned nightclubs that we used to go to in the 90s? Um, how do you kind of work out all those entry things? I know, imagine going to a club now. I know. Oh dear. Um, yeah. So um, when you first set up your group, you get a choice of three questions that you can ask. Um, you need to be really strict about this. I'm quite strict. Like I'm, I'm just nasty when it comes to letting people in groups, I get told, because I'm very strict about it. Because you need to think about what sort of person you want in that group. So for example, the rescue um, dog group that you mentioned, one of the most obvious questions would be, do you have a rescue dog? Because mm-hmm. if they answer no to that, why do they want to be in the group? And yeah. then so I wouldn't let them in. I would say no. Um, and so having those kind of questions will will weed out the, the wrong clients, essentially. And I know it feels a bit scary at first when you're first opening a group and you want to let everybody in. But actually, you're better off having the right people in from the get go than having 100 people that aren't the right person. So, yeah, definitely questions need yeah. to be set up. Yeah, I think the other thing about questions as well is it kind of protects your community a little bit, doesn't it? So if you've like if we use the rescue dog one as an example, what Suzanne wouldn't want is somebody just going in there because they want to sell to rescue dog owners. They want it yeah, wants to be like, a community where people can have their problems, you know, talk about the problems yeah, and get support. I think that's where rules would come in as well. So yeah. as, as as well as the three questions, um, Facebook groups allow you to set rules up. Um, so you can decide them, you know, it's your group. So um, one of them normally is no spamming, no no mm-hmm. selling. Um, and, and if you decide later on that you would like to do a thread where that allows them to do that, you can. And you can put yeah. a thread in this week. But yeah, remember, it's your group. And that, that's kind of how you'll get the right client. But you need to be strict with yourself. And remember that you don't need everybody in there. They're not all going to be the right people. totally I remember um, the kind of early days in my group and I would be really well I didn't really have any rules or any entry requirements whereas now I am quite protective and I think I've worked really hard to build this community I don't want somebody else sweeping in and trying to you know do whatever they want to do with it I've had I have journalists try to join and that kind of thing sometimes and I just think I have to keep it like this it's only for pet business owners so this is you know this is how it works and I know you touched on the rules before but can you so what kind of rules would you say to when you when you're kind of creating your rules? What would you have in mind when you're kind of getting those down on paper? Um, so the, like the obvious one is spamming. So no mm-hmm. spamming or promotion. Um, the be kind one. And I know that sounds odd, but people can be horrible yeah. um, on online. So have a be kind one, you know, because if someone then is starting an argument, you can refer back to those rules and tell them. Um trying to think what other ones um I guess I guess no DMing as well it can be a good one in some groups um I've seen this come up quite a lot recently it's not something I used to use as a rule um but I've seen in a lot of groups where people will go in they won't sell on the actual page they'll DM people private message them and sell through that 
And then that person is then telling the host of the group, I've just been sold to by X, Y, and Z, and then they've been removed. Yeah. So I'm starting to advise to put that in a, in rules now as well, just to mm-hmm. avoid that happening. But yeah. Okay, and I was going to ask you this kind of later on in the chat, but while we're on the rules and the kind of strict stuff and the, the grown-up yeah. stuff, um, what's your advice if people break the rules or people are just, you know, being basically just being an idiot in a Facebook group? Do you have a, you like, two strikes and you're out rule or how, you know, how would you... Yeah, would you so my that? general rule is if they are rude in the Facebook group publicly then you you address that publicly so Mm -hmm. you would just write in the comments you know please don't be rude that's not very nice etc and refer them to the rules yeah um if it's done privately do that privately so message them privately i normally give them like two strike rule um but you can put an approval post on in your group so there's an option where you can approve someone's posts for 30 days on individuals. Um, and that's what I do now. So if someone breaks the rules, they have to have all of their posts approved for 30 days. Um, and that stops them from doing it. <laughs> I've not seen anyone do it again after yeah. that. So, okay. Yeah. I was going to say as well, actually, because you can just have it where people, you you as a group owner, have to approve every post as well. So yes Again. You, you can set it like that and I've, I've seen it done in a couple of groups where as your group gets bigger um you know I know a group that's got 5,000 people in it and so every post is approved and that is time consuming so bear in mind that if you're going to do that um I think that is the extreme choice mm-hmm. uh, personally but it certainly does work and you could do it for like a week or two if there was a lot of spam going on just to calm that down. Yeah, definitely. I feel quite bad now because I've done that right from the start. But um, I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a, a great tyrant. <laughs> no, it's not a bad thing to do. It's just you need to bear in mind that it takes more time to do that, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the yeah. threads, not, well, not actually every post, but all the threads. If, pe- if people want to post a actual post in there if someone wants to go in there and say buy my new cat collar or whatever I don't want that on yeah. the, I don't want that on the thing because it's a no promo group yeah that's fair enough I think I think with a group like yours though Rachel because you've got a lot of businesses in there it makes sense for you to do that um yeah. because all, all businesses want to make money don't they so that's the first thing they're going to want to do and actually funnily enough the group that I was talking about the 5,000 one that's a business to business group as well Um, so yeah it makes sense I think a product business I wouldn't put the approvals on everything yeah yeah it just depends what group it's a bit trial and error to be honest absolutely okay so um so we've done the grown-up stuff um so we set the group (laughs) up we get the right people in there and we we, you know what do we do to get the group going how do we get people you know how do we get the group buzzing how do we get conversations going how do we get you know breathe some life into it and get the engagement going so people want to be part of it so when you first start you need to be in there quite a lot and people hate this because they try and shy away from it but the groups I've found that work the best are the ones where the hosts are in there quite a lot at the start getting to know everybody um as your group gets busier 
you then want to step back a little bit and let the conversations happen. But while those conversations aren't happening, you really do need to get some, you know, put the work in. And, you know, conversation starters, like they don't always have to be about your business. Um, just asking really simple questions that people know the answer to instantly. Because then when you post again about something to do with your business, more people will see it. So you're more likely to get engagement on that then. Um, but once once it is busy and once you're seeing the chat, try not to be the first person to post. So it's kind of the opposite when it gets busier because yeah. then it encourages other people to post on, on the on the comments and not you and then you can jump in if that makes sense yeah definitely it's good to um also i quite like it sometimes if people will put like a question in my group or ask for some help and then somebody else from the group offers a help because you know often i don't know what the answer is anyway because i don't have a yeah, pet business and, um, and that's really good isn't it yeah definitely that's what makes it into a community when people feel like they're they can ask um i've seen it done in a few groups where um you have like the conversational threads so you have like a wins wednesday or you know if it's business group you have accountability so if you have a couple of those threads in that go in every week that's like a super easy thing to join in with so that yeah. will encourage like the quieter people to post and then when they see that they're comfortable posting on that, then they'll start asking their own questions as well. So mm-hmm. that works because you do that, don't you, in your group? Works. Yeah, we have. Um, yeah, I have, I think, two or three threads a week in my free group and then various yeah. different ones in my in my paid for group. Um, and I don't have the rules. I don't have any posting rules in my paid for group. They They can post whatever they want, whenever they want. But with the bigger group. I felt that it was just the right thing to do and um, yeah. because my next question was about how do you avoid it being a massive time suck so if I had to keep on touch on top of every thread in my free group I wouldn't be able to get any other work done so how do you avoid Facebook groups are brilliant like gosh I you know yeah. I totally love them but how do you avoid it being a massive stealer of time yeah I mean I don't get me wrong I love groups like they're my yeah. thing but they are a lot of work and they can be a bit of a time suck sometimes. So I would say that if your group's starting to get busier and you're starting to feel like that, consider getting a moderator or like a community manager or a VA, somebody to come and help you. So at first you could get someone that's literally just a moderator, which literally they just let people into your group and like watch the posts. Um, If then your group, is is growing like big and you've got like a paid membership that's when you want to start looking at getting a VA or a community manager to help you um because lots of other things come into a Facebook group once it becomes a paid one um and that yeah that will help a lot so yeah just be aware that when it starts feeling like that instead of wanting to just scream <laughs> shout for some help, get someone to help you yeah <laughs> Okay, because that's the you just touched on that then, but we were talking um, before we started before we started recording, weren't we? About um, about using a free group to lead into a paid group, and a couple yeah. of the ladies who I was chatting to in my membership about the group thing were saying about you know how do we differentiate between what we give in a free group and what we do in a paid group, but also how do you how do you make your Facebook group work for you? You know, because it's great having a free group, isn't it? But ultimately, it's got to lead to something. So if if you've got a group, if you've got a free Facebook group, you know, what's your advice on what 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 they should be doing to monetize that? 
So in a in a free Facebook group, I think the fir- the very first question I ask anybody that comes to me is what is the group for? Like mm-hmm. be aware and remember that if your group is meant to make you money eventually, then you need to try and sort not selling it immediately, but make sure they know it's a business. Um, because I see a lot of the time people will grow these amazing free groups and then all of a sudden they'll hit like a thousand people and they'll be like oh now you need to buy my thing and everyone's like but I don't want to buy it you've never sold it sold to me before and it it gets very uncomfortable Um, so just make it very clear that you know you are a business and that there is going to be things that you can lead on to to buy Mm -hmm. um and I guess that's when it comes on to what you were saying about the difference between free and a paid group. Um, the content essentially could be the same. Like you always want to give as much content as you can because that's what people value. However, in the paid group, you're getting the access to you. So, yeah. you, you know, you might give loads of free stuff away and then have the strategy and be able to have one-to-ones with you in your group. So essentially, if you've got both, you want to be spending the most time in your paid group, because mm-hmm. if you spend too much time in your free group, who's going to pay you? Because yeah. <laughs> they're getting it for free. So, yeah, it's harsh, but true, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think the um, the reality is if you're going to have a group, you unless you are a lottery winner and you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart, there has to be some purpose to it. And I think the sooner you get in there and say, actually, I've got this group and it's because I run a, you know, a copywriting service or because I run a VA business or because, you know, I'm doing a dog training group. Actually, you know, you can come and do my puppy training online course and it's okay, isn't it? I think. Yeah, there's no shame in that at all. I think people are more used to that now than ever. Like, to be honest, if I join a group now, I'm always looking for what they're selling because I'm like, oh, I wonder what it is that they're leading on to because that's the yeah. world I live in. But yeah, it's nothing It's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're honest with it, mm-hmm. I think the problem comes when you run a free group as a free group with no selling at all for months yeah. and months and months. And then you wonder why they won't buy anything. Mm. So yeah, you need ground rules and that to be set up from the start. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you go into creating the group knowing that it's going to lead to something and it that is a, a business, it's a tool for your business, then that's that's a good thing, isn't it? When I yeah. set up my group, it's because I'd written I'd written a book. I wrote like I wrote decided to write a book about how pet businesses could get publicity, and I did it in like a month. It was a very impulse decision, but I thought, well, I'll have the Facebook group so people can go there after they've read the book and then it just kind yeah. of grew really. It was a bit all a bit strange. But anyway, at least I'd done the this is a group about a specific thing so yeah so you had chosen that group I mean I know a lot of people have just just open a group on a whim and then they're like oh no what am I going to do with it now so yeah yeah, it's because it's because it is a lot of work and, and oh my goodness they can pay off so well having one but yeah to make sure from the very beginning you know what that strategy is that you're using Mm -hmm. don't just open one for the sake of it okay um the other thing I wanted to ask you as well um, was was about pop-up groups. So I know you've worked with Jan um, and Jan's always got loads of stuff going on, hasn't she? Um, and you've worked on pop-up, loads of different pop-up groups, haven't you? So um, yeah. like from my own experience, I, yeah, I, I love a pop-up group. I've done recently in January, I did my challenge. So I had a pop-up group for that. Um, and a lot of the dog trainers who and a lot, well, a lot of all the businesses, actually, a lot of them have pop-up groups if they're doing a challenge or 
or, you know, they've got a course going on maybe. So with a pop-up group, if let's say if you do one for a free challenge, how long would you say, um, you know, do you keep it open afterwards or do you do you believe you should keep it going or you should close it or, you know, what are your thoughts? My personal opinion is that you shouldn't leave it open. Um, you can have a pop-up group for as long as you want. So you could have it for a five-day challenge. You could have it for a 30-day challenge. You could even leave it open for a year if you have the challenge for a year. But I think once that challenge is over, you really do need to be strict about closing it unless you have got the time and the energy to put in to get in the strategy to keep it open. Because I think where people fall into a trap is that pop-up groups are amazing and they're always super busy and super engaged, but that's because you've got a challenge on, like it's got a purpose. Whereas when that challenge finishes, you lose that purpose for that group. Um, And I think you're better than getting those people over to your free group or your page group um, rather than having another group open. So, yeah, yeah, that's just my opinion. I mean, I've seen it work a couple of times, leaving it open. But, yeah, majority, I'd say close. (laughs) Yeah, I've done I've done various, very lots of variations of what you just said there. And the last Mm -hmm. time I did it, I kept I've kept the group, but I've cleared everything out, cleared everybody out of it. And then I've got, you know, I've got the link and everything for next time I run the challenge. But um, this time I figured I would I ended the challenge on the Friday and I kept the group open until the mon- until the Tuesday so people could go and watch the videos yeah. or, you know, go and catch up if they needed to. But I wanted the challenge to end on a high rather than people just yes, yeah. dribbling out of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I agree Absolutely. with you. And, and also, I think it kind of, I know this sounds a bit random, but it kind of gives them that scarcity of, like, if they've loved you and your content for a five-day challenge, and you say to them, do you know what, guys, now this is closing, that makes them want to then come over and come to your pay group or come to your other free group mm-hmm. and not just stay there. So, yeah, yeah I think clo- close it. It's much easier. <laughs> and Definitely. then open another one. Another yeah. I think what we've come back to like so many times in this chat is about purpose. It's got, if you're going to have a Facebook group, it's got to have a purpose. And that's not, I don't, you know, like people listening, we do I do this podcast every week. Sam, you've got a brilliant Instagram, you've got great social media, you've got your own group. We give so much, don't we? So I don't want people listening to think, oh, these two are right hard faced mares. Because we're not, are we? <laughs> yeah, we do loads for free. <laughs> not at all. But I do think if whatever you do, you've got to have, it's got to have a purpose behind it, hasn't it? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, like, you know, you've got a free group, I've got a free group, and we do various other things as well, don't we? So it's not like we're just saying, oh, you've, you know, we're, we're, you have to come and pay us money. We're not like that at all, are we? Um, no, not at all. And, you know, community is about community. It's about chatting yeah. to people and talking and, and, you know, enjoying that. And, and we do need to remember that, I think, with the groups. But yeah. at the end of the day, we're businesses, um and it takes a lot of time so you have to just be realistic about it I think to, Definitely. to have a yeah yeah the other thing I was thinking actually when you were chatting was about the community thing is I find Facebook groups are really good for research as well and finding out what people need like I get loads of podcast ideas from Facebook groups don't do you find the same 
Yeah, it is the perfect way to find content. Like you've got a group of people that like love what you do, then just ask them questions, you know, like you can get so much information from those people. And I think a lot of the time people come to me and they say, I don't really know what my group wants. And Mm -hmm. I say to them, have you asked them? Like, have you actually like just gone in and said, what do you need? Because I think people forget that that is a, that's what it's about, conversations. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely great for content. And I imagine your podcast, you know, the shows come from a lot of things that are said in your groups. Yeah, so many episodes have come from um, things that people have said either on like on a quick call or or, you know, in the group or just, you know, can anyone help with? And then it's actually, yeah, I can do something with that, which is brilliant because, you know, you're giving people what they want and being helpful, which is what the group is all about, isn't it? It kind of goes full circle. And I wanted to ask you as well, like if you've got a group and you're finding it, if you've you've got a group and you're thinking, oh, should I revive it? Should I, you know, okay, I, I know Facebook groups can work for people, but I feel like my group has kind of died to death. Would you say um, if you feel like you've had a group and it's not really worked, would you say try and revive it or would you say wave goodbye to it? Is there like a certain point where you think this is time to say goodbye and maybe try something else? Yeah, I think it's although I love groups, like yeah. absolutely love them, I think sometimes it gets to the point where it's not working anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I've been asked a couple of times by people to come in and have a look at their group and, and we've tried, like I've given them advice about how to start conversations and, and we've really tried to do it and it's just not worked. And at that point, I just say, you know, just close it. Like if it's not, I think you need to have a real honest conversation with yourself. Like if it's not doing what you need it to do and it's taken a lot of time and you've honestly tried everything, then it's time to say bye (laughs) because it doesn't work for every single business ever. Like there are going to be some, and some people just don't like them. You know, they might've opened a group because they've been told to and actually they hate it. So in that case, don't do it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah there, there is definitely a time and a place where I would say close it and, and yeah, try something else. OK. Yeah, I yeah that's so, Max. I love groups, but yeah. No, but but I think also if something isn't serving you, then then you've, you've got to make that tough decision, haven't you? So like yeah. Natasha, the dog trainer, she might have had a Facebook group, a general Facebook group that and that might not have worked out as she wanted it to but I know she opened a Belgian Shepherd Facebook group it would like it would just fly wouldn't it um, yeah, so it's I'm, about I'm finding that that, it, that works for you sorry Rachel it's about finding what like I know if I'd have if I'd have opened like before I used to kind of niche into the pet world if I'd have opened a group for small businesses who wanted to get publicity I'd have just been like oh gosh I've got this really boring business and I can't be bothered to try and help them well that probably would have been a little bit like that if it was something that wasn't my cup of tea but because I've got one that's something that I'm really passionate about it's like oh yeah this is so amazing this this you know this cat groomer does this xyz and it's such a brilliant story and I get excited for them so that's why it works um yeah you need to love it I think like you can't because you have to spend so much time in a Facebook group if you don't love doing it then it's not going to work. It's like someone trying to really hard to do Instagram. If they hate turning Instagram on, we were just talking about this before the call. <laughs> if somebody hates going onto Instagram and then everyone's saying to them, you must have an Instagram account. That's never going to work ever. 
it's like someone trying to tell me that I need to like write a thousand words a day. That's never going to work. I hate writing. <laughs> so yeah. it's the same as, as someone saying you must open a Facebook group and then you dread in it every time you turn your computer on. Like that <laughs> is not good for anyone. So yeah, there is definitely time and place and you should definitely close it if it's not working. Fantastic. Okay. So can you tell me the most exciting or most memorable thing that's happened for you uh, from a Facebook group or in any of the Facebook groups that you're in? So I think probably the most exciting sort of group for me um, was actually a pop-up group. So I helped with um, Andrew and Pete's Atomicon. Uh, so we were just at the start of lockdown and it was, yeah, we all know what it was like. Um, yeah. And I was able to run that group um, and match everyone up. And it just come at such a good time to have that community together. Um, and when it come to closing the group, I felt a little bit sad because it was all going to go. And then Andrew and Pete um, offered me like a more permanent position with their atomic group. So I get to still be in there and, and run that. But yeah, it was just such a exciting sort of community and everybody loved it. And I think it just come at the right time because of lockdown. So yeah, definitely. But yeah, it makes me smile whenever I uh, whenever I think about it. <laughs> oh, I know, and that was such a brilliant. You did such a brilliant job as like the matchmaker. It was really good, and that group was just insane, wasn't it? There was so much going on in there. They did yeah, such a was, brilliant job, and I think as you say, we, we we needed it, didn't we? At the beginning of lockdown, yeah. we were all like, oh my god, what the hell's going on? Um, so yeah, community was so come- huge. Yeah, when something comes along just at the right time and it was all about networking. It was what I loved. Like I spent every day matchmaking people and getting people that wouldn't normally talk to each other to chat to each other. So it was it was a really nice group to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first dates, here you come, Sam. <laughs> From Facebook group oh, yeah. to Channel 4. Um, but no, that was a, that was um, that's a lovely thing to end on because I know what a brilliant, brilliant job you do with the Facebook groups that you, you run and you've got so much great advice. So I know because you've helped me with my groups um, that you offer some you offer some coaching services, don't you, for people with Facebook groups. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and how people can get in touch with you if they feel that they need some professional support? Yeah, I do. So I offer a a couple of different ways to work with me. Um, So I do some power hours where we can either set up your group from scratch on the call or just look at one problem that you might have in your group and we can sort of deep dive into that. Um, And I've just started some consultancy type work with people where you can work with me for a month um, and we can train you and your VA to to look after the group as a community manager. Um, And then you can have me. Uh, community manage your your groups as well um, so you can find me I've actually got a website now Rachel you'll be impressed Yay. <laughs> um, it's, it's always finished so um, you can find me at samanthajhill.co.uk and all the information is on there um, and I also have a Facebook group the community lounge so do come over and say hi and I share tips and, and, and advice in there as well fantastic okay so all the links that sam's just mentioned there her social media uh, her new website will be in the show notes for this yeah. episode so wherever you're listening just swipe up if it's on an app or just go to the end of the blog post if you're on the website um and yeah i know from working with sam herself she's just absolutely brilliant at this stuff and she's just got so much great advice so do go and check out her free group as well um, but yeah sam it's been brilliant having you on the show thank you so much and i will look forward to seeing you soon 
Oh, thank you. I hope we can see each other soon. <laughs> I know. It'd be so lovely, wouldn't it? Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.